On this episode of The Mompreneur Show, I'm talking to Susie Romans. She's a wife and mother of two children and an online marketing and business strategist who had a website that reached over 5 million readers. I'm your host, Vicky Lashenko, and this is a show that features amazing stories of the most remarkable mompreneurs. Thank you so much for joining us. Susie, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, absolutely. It's such an honor to have you. So thank you so much for taking the time and coming on the Mompreneur Show. I really, really appreciate it. Now, Susie, I've been following you for a little over a year now, and I have been watching you take your business to the next level again and again. Can you share with us your journey? How did you get started? Yeah, of course. Um, so thank you for all those kind words. It's definitely been um, really if we were counting from like the day I actually quit my job two years. But before that, um, I always laugh at the tell your journey question because I'm like, how far back should I go? You know, because <laughs> um, truth is like I was definitely one of those kids um, as early as like 10, 11 years old. That was massively entrepreneurial. Um, and I realized from a very young age that if I wanted something, if I wanted to buy a dress, or you know what I mean? Like go to TJ Maxx with my mom and get something I wanted. It was like up to me to make that money, you know? So it was really um, like, I was extremely entrepreneurial my whole life. Um, but yeah, my, my journey began becoming like stronger and stronger after I did the whole college thing. It was sort of you know, a lot of a lot of that education, it was my parents who really in, ingrained in me, like, go to school, go to school, kind of take the safe route. Although, to be honest with you, my personality is a little bit more rebellious. I probably wouldn't have, <laughs> you know what I mean, if my parents didn't um, want that so, so strongly. But anyway, after that, I tried out a few jobs and nothing really felt like I loved it. You know what I mean? It didn't feel fully alive. It just felt very mundane. So it was around the age, like around in my 20s, I would say when my husband and I met, which was around like 22, I'd already started dabbling in blogging. Um, WordPress was was like very new, you know, it was like brand new. And even when we were just dating, we would, I tell this story about how our friends would be calling and text messaging us like, hey, come out to the bars or whatever. And we'd be like at cafes, literally with our laptops, like building websites, you know? Um, so it definitely, those kind of hints, the ideas were brewing um, a few years ago, you know? And then it was after I had my kids that it really became like a necessity for me to creatively express myself, to have the business. It became more than just, oh, I'm dabbling with some ideas, but um, I found myself actually kind of in a bit of a rut, a bit of a depression, even after I had kids, because I felt this responsibility and this kind of losing myself. You know, I think a lot of moms can probably relate to that sense of like, all of the, your life completely changes, right? Like pretty much overnight and you lose the elements of what used to make you feel alive and what used to make you feel adventurous and spontaneous and creative and all these things that um, I had, you know, in my personality. So I found when I started my blog, the stay at home Susie one, that it became like my creative route, like my outlet. You know, whenever I'd be stressed, I'd be like, honey, you know, 
to my husband, like, take the kids. I just need an hour or two. And, you know, I'd go to my website and um, start creating videos or images or whatever. And so it only took a, and started, like, playing around with Pinterest and, and not just playing around, but to be honest, it was kind of an obsession. Like, I just loved testing things. And so things blew up with Stay at Home Susie. Like, I got picked up on uh, Facebook and in, um, what do you call it? Pinterest. And my reach started growing pretty quickly. Um, there were days where I had 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 hits. And, you know, even in my, um, my own marketing, I tell the story about this panic that set in, like calling my husband and being like, Oh my God, I don't know what to do. Like something's working. What do I do? You know, with all this traffic. Um, so all of that really spun me and not to mention my whole background was in digital marketing, well, sales and and marketing. So it was kind of like the career path I was in segued into this entrepreneurial journey. So I became very confident in what I was doing as a digital marketing person, right? So that's where the door opened um, to actually earning a full-time income. And and now, you know, multiple six figures in my business is the consulting side of it. How do you do marketing? How do you run a business that actually works and that's profitable and stable and consistent? Um, So yeah, that should give you guys a a pretty good snapshot of kind of the journey. That's amazing. So Stay at Home Susie was the site that got 5 million readers? That was the, yep, that was the the first blog that actually worked. You know, when my husband and I were kind of dating, we had all these ideas, but that was the first one that I really took full time. Yeah. So what did you write about? You know what? Yeah, it was everything from motherhood to lifestyle. I had articles about date nights with your husband to like, how do you lose weight after you have kids? Like, what did my diet and exercise plan look like? So it's kind of all over the place. Um, And to be honest with you, I don't know that I had a very clear vision. You know, starting out, I think a lot of women who want to start a business are kind of like, oh, I like this, I like this. I'm not entirely sure um, what I'm going to do or how I'm going to monetize it. I would say, you know, the first half a year to a year of that website, I really didn't know how I was going to monetize it. It was more like this creative outlet, you know? I love how you shared that you didn't have the clarity when you started your blog. And oftentimes we all have that. And it's so important to take that plunge and jump in and take action anyway. I mean, that's how I started online too, is like I um, started as a virtual assistant and then as a social media management kind of like you. And um, and, uh, my business has evolved so much ever since. And so I think that it's so important for us to, and for, for everyone watching and listening is that really take action. You don't absolutely have to have that clarity before you take that jump and move to the next level because action leads to clarity. So, so, so important to take that action. So I really, really, really appreciate that, um, Susie, for sharing that with us. Right. I agree. I mean, there's totally times where you just need to like step into like prayer or meditation and just kind of get grounded. But when it comes to business and making money and marketing online, absolutely. It's clarity comes from the acting, the, um, the doing, you know what I mean? Not from the kind of sitting back and analyzing everything to death. Like you're never going to get anywhere, right? If you don't actually start. Um, so, and, and be open to the journey. You know, even now I have so many clients that are like, oh, well, I don't know. Like they, they have this failure to launch problem because they are like thinking 
20 chapters ahead. And I'm like, hold on, come back to where we're at right now. Like this is perfect for where you are right now. And if in five years you're going to be somewhere else, great. And if even in six months you will have evolved, like, guess what? That's what we like. We're humans. We're always growing, changing, evolving. Like that's nature. That's, you know, how kind of God created us to be exactly. <laughs> constantly, you know, so be okay, be open to the flow and open to the growth and don't let it hold you back from starting and launching literally right now, you know? Hmm, that's that's such a great point. Can you share with us how did you monetize a blog? Because um, there's a lot of bloggers here that are listening as well, and they have content. They have great content. They have visitors. Um, I mean, so, some up to two million visitors. Um, but how do they monetize it? Like, how did you? I would love to hear how you monetize it so we can learn from you. Yeah, so I started out with Stay at Home Susie, started becoming with ebooks, like monetized through ebooks. Um, but I, I don't want to like lie, I'm, I'll be totally honest, that wasn't a full time income. I, I didn't fully have like a funnel set up and I wasn't as super advanced as, as I guess you are after you're doing it for a couple of years. But I started putting ebooks up on the sidebar of my blog. Um, I kind mm-hmm. of like thought about the, there was a couple like MLM companies that I had considered, but none of it felt, um, it didn't feel aligned, you know, like something fell off about me promoting this product. It just like, wasn't where I wanted my brand to go. So you need to start like consciously making decisions. Is this what I want my brand to stand for? Is this a, is there a different direction that I see myself in? So with all of that being said, I began writing eBooks based on the questions that I was getting, because obviously this mass amount of traffic, you get a mass amount of emails on a daily basis. People writing in that are like, um, what do you do for work? How is it that you're, you know, working from home and what do you do for this and what do you do for that? Mm-hmm. So I started out with a couple ebooks, um, wrote up, you know, one of my first um, kind of side gigs working from home was I would do social media management for um, some local businesses, like some local cafes and fitness, um, you know, little fitness clubs and stuff. And that was my first kind of really making a few hundred dollars on the kind of side gigs to help out the family and, and make an income. So I wrote books about that, these little mm. ebooks. How do you find clients? How do you set up social media accounts? How do you manage it? And all that. So I started selling those. And then shortly after, um, I had this strong feeling like I want to go bigger. I want to do more. I want to do this full time because I still was working too. So imagine having this blog that's like literally taking off and exploding. Um, you've got like customer inquiries and emails all day, two kids, married, a husband, a house, all this responsibility Mm -hmm. and a job. And it was like, I was starting to kind of lose my mind thinking like, I can't do all of it. So it was my goal. Like I need to go full time. Um, and so I, I started working with this mentor and coach who was like, you need to start consulting. You, you're you're freaking brilliant. Like You obviously know what you're doing. Start working with more established business owners and doing consulting. So from there, it really took off like fully fledged, um, you know, uphill from there. I think my first month I had like $4,000 worth of client work, then $8,000, um, the following month. And then it was 10,000. And literally I haven't had a month less than 10,000 for like almost two years. So it's just been the consulting and then continuing to make products and programs for people who can't afford the one-on-one 
they can still buy a video, an ebook, a training that's going to, they're going to learn the skill. Um, you know what I mean? And, and still be able to mm-hmm. improve their business. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Susie, that's, that's really brilliant. You are super, super smart and savvy. So it's so funny because that's exactly how I started my journey is, um, doing social media work. And yeah. so, um, I did a lot of management, like you said, to local uh, stores and little shops um, here in Portland and then um, took it online. But it's interesting how we all evolve. Like we're yeah. not doing social media management anymore yeah. because right. we have grown and we evolved. And I think that's really, really important. And to know that whatever you're doing, you're always going to take that next step. You're going to go take that next step on the ladder or whatever. Um, and sometimes you don't even know where it is or where exactly. it's going to be. You know, it's, um, exactly. again, it comes back to that first theme that we were talking about where it's like, just go, just yeah. launch whatever's on your heart. Um, you know, in your soul right now, like this needs to be done. Just move forward with it, knowing that like you have so much room to okay. grow and, you know, all right, so let's go back a little bit and talk about um, you working with um, a mentor um, or a coach. I'm, I'm sorry, I completely forgot what you said, a coach or a mentor. Um, but so how was your experience? Like, would you be able to do this on your own without the coach or a mentor? You know, um, probably, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's a hard question. Yeah, yeah. Would I end up here? I don't want to like take away credit from her because she really did shift my perspective because here I was thinking, I just want to make passive income. You know, it's such like a hot word, like passive income. You, you can just kind of sit on the beach and do nothing and you'll make money. Truth is like, that's not really all that fulfilling. Um, and sorry, I just got a notification. It's not all that fulfilling to sit on, uh, sit around and like do nothing and think that you can automate everything. And so in my opinion, the shift was a big deal into working with people one-on-one into like going bigger, charging higher rates, like kind of like up-leveling my whole self. Um, so would I have ended up here? I don't know. I'm really grateful that I had that drive and, um, that I was willing to take the risk. Cause to be honest with you, it was expensive. She was like $1,500 a month, I think, or it was like 1200 or $1,500 a month. So it was a crazy big risk. Um, cause I had just quit my job and then I find this mentor and, um, and she's, you know, making great money online. And I literally just have this looming question of like, how do you go full time? I don't get it. Like all these people are talking about it. You see these people making six figures or seven figures and it felt like some secret memo. Mm-hmm. Like I was getting like everyone else or all these other successful people had some memo and I'm like, what are they doing? You know, cause the eBooks were doing okay. But you know, when you have a $20 eBook, you're making around four or $500 a month. I wasn't able to get beyond that until I started consulting and mm. doing services and then scaling as I continued growing. I really look at my business in two ways for people who are visual. Mm-hmm. There's the whole element with the service, the consulting, the high level, um, stuff that you're doing one-on-one with people. And then there's the personal brand side of it where I'm growing my audience. I'm growing my platform and selling, you know, I even have, um, merchandise now on one of my websites where we're, we're leveraging and scaling through products and, and, um, programs. Right. But it's not always an overnight thing where that can totally lift off. So 
Um, the consulting side of it is, is still important to me and it's fulfilling. When you went from f- having a full-time job to a full-time entrepreneur, how did you make the shift and how did you balance um, how, like, what your kids were they in daycare, were they in school? Like, how did you balance the kids and then everything else that you have going on? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a firm believer that the kids need attention, right? They, they need their, they need something to do. They need to be playing. They need to be taken care of. So I was never the mom who was like over here trying to work. And like, they're over here constantly like, Hey, mommy, mommy. It was like, no, we had them with a nanny or a babysitter. We've really tried um, a few different things. We tried like daycare programs and kind of summer preschool things. Um, we've had a couple different babysitters pop in here and there. So it's always, there's always been boundaries. Um, meaning I block off the time when I'm working, when I have total focused energy and, and clear open space to work and to obviously work my work with my clients, record videos, all that. Um, and the kids are with somebody, right? Because I don't know. It just, it would always be a mess if I was trying to do both. You know what I mean? And then I felt really guilty because I would be trying to work on something and then I'd like snap at one of the kids. Yeah. And the truth is like, they're just kids. They, they just want attention, which they deserve. So I've been really good at drawing those boundaries. And um, that's yeah. really inspiring, Susie, because I think that's one of the hardest thing to do. Actually, it's so funny. And I'm totally going to do like a, a quick uh, pitch here, but um I, I wrote a free ebook called Five Biggest Mistakes Mompreneurs Make and How You Can Avoid Them. Yeah. And, and you can find it on my website, mompreneurshow.com. But the thing is, I was just revising it and I read that exact thing, what you're talking about, about giving the time and blocking off the time for whatever that you're doing. And mm-hmm. I even mentioned that, like, I tried, you know, like you end up saying yes to things that you would know no, not ever approve of when your kids come like, mommy, can I have this? Mommy, can I do this? Yeah. Mommy, can I draw on the wall? Like literally, cause you're like totally focused on your work. You're like, yes, 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 yes. Just be right. occupied. And it's horrible. Like it's horrible. And then like, so it's funny cause like I can totally relate has happened to me. And I'm sure that it has happened to moms who are watching as well. Another thing that I've done that, that I kind of sub- subconsciously didn't even realize, but when I bought a desktop, so now I work in my office mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, like a big, whatever this is, yeah. 27 inch, um, desktop, I don't really bring work downstairs anymore. So when I'm out of my office and I'm with the kids, I'm with the kids, you know, with the exception of a couple of Facebook notifications or clients or whatever emails um, that I may quickly respond to. Otherwise, like it's, it stays here. So that helps with the boundary thing. You know what I mean? Mm. Oh, that's yeah. so good. Have a designated space for when you do that, the, the certain work. That's, that's really, really good. Yeah. Cause yeah. balance is one of those things. I think it's like one of the hardest things to nail is that you have, you love your children, you love your hubby, um, you love a clean home, yet you love this entrepreneurial journey, the business, the the running, the, the business. I could, yeah. I, I'm like, you know, I could do this all day. Like, I, I know. literally, you know? It's true. it's true. And another thing that comes to mind that I feel like someone may need this message today, but consider bringing your children into it. Um, I've only done that on a, on a couple occasions where I'll be doing like a live stream or a video and my daughter's in the background and she'll like say hi or whatever, right? Like she'll kind of be part of it. Um, I had uh, helped with this mastermind event in San Diego a few weeks ago and one of the women was was asking for feedback and she does a lot of this kind of DIY, like natural health care and with like essential oils and whatnot. 
And so we were talking about why not bring your kids into it? Why not record your videos with your daughter and almost make it like a craft thing that other parents can do, right? And so like her face just lit up and it was this realization like, hey, I don't have to separate it all the time. I can actually bring my kids into it, you know, when it's content creation, when it's a live stream or a video or something creative and fun, Um, you know, like be... Like I challenge people to like consider that. What would it look like? What would it feel like? Would it would it kind of go with your brand? And then for the things that need the separation, like when I'm on calls with clients that are paying five thousand dollars for this, you know, package, this marketing thing we're doing, no, they're not going to be a part of that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we need yeah. this energy, but um, yeah, yeah, you got to so, know the the boundaries for sure. And I love that you shared that because I totally have a few videos on YouTube where I um, back in the day when I um, did tutorials and my yeah. son and I was doing it during the kids' nap time because it was using the natural light sitting across the window I didn't have the lights it was like so DIY like (laughs) you know starting out and um, my son woke up earlier from his nap and I was in the middle of tutorial where you can't like just go back with a screencast and it was like here's the next step you know like it was like signing up for something or something like that and Mm -hmm. he came and um, I cuddled him on my lap and he was just sitting there and it was so cute the rest of the tutorial was with him in, Uh in, in my view and so um, some people, of course, loved it. Like, oh, that is so cute that you're, you know, working at home and with your children. And some people were put off by that. But I totally mm-hmm. take that as kind of like like a push forward. Like, if you get haters, then you're going the right direction. So, right. but that's that's like complete right. And um, and if they hate you for that, I mean, for that's kind of ridiculous in yeah. my eyes, yeah. right? But um, yeah. they're also not your ideal clients, exactly. right? Like, I. I've heard this, hopefully I don't sabotage it, but it's like you can never say the right thing to the wrong people and you can't say the wrong thing to the right people, right? So you can't do the, okay, if they're your people, like that won't bother them. You can't do the wrong thing because they love you, they respect you, that you value your kids and your creativity and and all that. But if they're the wrong people, whatever you do, it's like not going to be good enough or they'll judge you for it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So... Susie, thank you so much for sharing that. That that's completely true. And um, I, me as a people pleaser, that has been really hard for me. But um, it's I completely moved on, and it's totally, totally, totally. That's the truth, and totally works. So um, let's go back a little bit. And you mentioned that the website that you were growing, mm-hmm. it was growing so fast. Um, th- your readership, and you mentioned something about Pinterest and you posting mm-hmm. on social media sites. Can you tell us about like the strategy behind that? Like, was it purposeful that you? And I think that's when Pinterest just came out. I think that was like blowing up that at that time. Yeah, yeah. And um, was that a part of your success, uh, making uh, P- Pinterest uh, as a traffic source? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, I took a lot of what I was good at from a sales and marketing perspective, mm-hmm. just like like um, kind of timeless principles about bringing people's interest in, right? So I was using Pinterest as kind of my vehicle or my method, but the principles are like making people curious, grabbing attention and how to do that through use of copy and colors and emotion. Um, So all of these kind of timeless things. So I, when I kind of jumped on that platform, 
I saw all of like how other people were using it and the kind of um, common pictures and things that people were pinning. And then I began realizing, hey, there's an opportunity here to take the headlines of your post. And this was like 2012, 2013, like right when it was starting out, so like no one was doing this. And taking the headlines and creating curiosity, drawing people in to what you had and onto your platform. So essentially it was like, all right, how do we take all this attention that's on Pinterest and at women that are just scrolling and scrolling, right? Um, And then captivating them with some headline that either stirs up some emotional thing or or just creates curiosity of like, ooh, I want to figure out what that is. What's the answer? What's the three steps or the um, formula or whatever? And then the point was get them to click and then get them on your site, right? Because you're not going to make money by just having a mass amount of followers or people repinning. You need to get them to take action, to click on your pins and then get them on your website, right? And so that was something that I understood like as a fundamental thing right off the bat. So I kind of went into this mass creativity mode of taking all my articles and taking all these ideas, um, creating vertical pins that would take up a lot of screen space because it's a platform where people are scrolling. The vertical pins just naturally get more screen space. So they're going to get viewed more, you know, testing out things like borders and different colors and testing out headlines, you know, what would it um, what would be the repin or the share rate on something that's written this way versus this way right so there's a lot of testing and, and, and that sort of a thing and then when I say the emotion part of it yeah there were definitely posts where I talked about um, you know, one of my articles about just feeling like this postpartum depression, this rut and how to get out of it and, and how to kind of get into a creative mode to feel better and to kind of, you know, what I do when I'm feeling low or down. And those kind of things would draw up like an emotional interest, right? People would kind of stop and be like, oh, here's somebody who's being honest and real and truthful and not just like, you know, some, you know, 10 ways to lose 40 pounds or whatever, right? Like here's an honest and truthful approach. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of um, the traffic that I got like was recurring too. that people began coming on the blog, they know what they get and, um, and come back, you know, Mm, so powerful. Now, uh, hearing your story, I have this question come up. And um, I I apologize for not um, warning you about it. But it might be um, interesting question. So you know how when people have success with a certain tool or with a certain strategy, they um, they end up teaching about it and sharing how they had success with that certain platform, certain um, strategy, which in your case is Pinterest, how you were able to drive millions of readers onto your site. Um, I'm really curious, like, why did you not take that route and go like, hey, I'm going to teach Pinterest marketing. And I'm just curious because so many people are doing that. They succeed in one thing, like they succeed in webinars. And then all of a sudden they're teaching on how to succeed with webinars. I would love to hear. Yeah. Well, let me think here. So I actually do teach a course about website traffic. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the reason I decided not to just teach Pinterest is, um, 
Well, there was a transition that happened with my brands, right? So I realized the stay-at-home Susie stuff wasn't producing the kind of income Mm -hmm. that I wanted or the direction that I wanted to go with as an expert and a thought leader, right, in my industry. So I felt this sense of, okay, this is like the mommy blogger space, and I didn't feel like I fit in there as much as I did as marketing expert, um, thought leader on entrepreneurship. Right. So mm-hmm. I created this new brand, which is SusieRomans.com, just my first and last name. Right. So created my personal brand and started kind of moving away from the stay at home Susie stuff. Uh, again, it was just an alignment thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed a lot of the mommy bloggers would talk about DIY stuff and like frugal living and, you know, redoing their furniture. And to all of them, like, awesome, good for them. Right. That's their passion. It totally totally was not mine. I was always about like business, like, um, I just a massive go getter. Like I'm just this kind of personality that's like high achiever. How do I get in magazines? How do I get on TV, be seen as an expert, you know, and, and really this leadership role that that's where I saw myself going. Um, I do teach website traffic and here's my belief You can't rely on just one platform because as we can see or as we've seen, it changes, right? Like Twitter, like does anyone use Twitter anymore? I don't know. (laughs) Um, It seems like that one's kind of not as popular as things that are newer like Snapchat. You know, you see that. You see these trends or things kind of move in and out. Um, I've had traffic from Pinterest, yeah, but Facebook's also a top producer for me, as well as I've had some massive media exposure that's drawn in tons of interest and traffic and, and, um, customers and clients from that exposure, you know, on business insider. So I yeah, so I teach it, but I teach it as an overall, as a holistic kind of, here are all the buckets and Pinterest um, trainings are inside of that program. Mm, re- okay, that's great. That's awesome. So yeah. you were you did not become the Pinterest gal or anything. And that's super smart. And I love that you mentioned it's about what you internally want, like what drives you. And I even, I, I mean, this is like years, this is like almost six years ago. Um, yeah. I just had my little Ruby and um, I was like, oh, I'm going to start a blog. And and it was like a DIY blog on like, uh, you know, how to how to redo furniture and like house decor yeah. and stuff. Even though I like that kind of stuff, I soon realized that it's not my thing. Like I'm not, I just followed along what a lot of my influencers were doing. Sure. And so, yeah. but see, the thing is, if I would have never tried, I would have never known. And like right. I, I had the blog, I had that experience and um, I moved on. And it's so funny how we're the same as far as like (laughs) business driven and high achieving and goal oriented. So you mentioned um, media outlets and I know that you've been on numerous magazines, um, numerous web, uh, no, I'm sorry, TV shows. Um, Mm -hmm. Could you share how did you get on those shows? Was it a strategy or um, have you, is is it because you've built such a huge um, online presence and they just came to you? Sure. I mean, there's there's a little bit of, of both, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, first of all, as the foundation, before you get media, reach out to them or anticipate that they'll come to you, I think you need a really good brand story. You need to be clear on 
what makes your brand interesting and unique and where you're kind of unexpected, like, wow, she did this. Like, where are you newsworthy? You know, what's super interesting and unique and different about you? Are you presenting it in a way that um, that would be enticing to editors and producers, right? So if you're just very, you know, there were no risks taken, there was no interesting kind of brand story or journey that you've gone through, like I hate to say it, but um, you may not get the media, right? Because they want things that are kind of like unexpected or interesting or what, you know what I mean? It has to have some of that wow factor. However, I must say there's a lot of ways that people are, can take what they've been through and really spin it in a way that's really interesting. So it's about positioning and your angle. So one of my clients I was recently working with, you know, she had a very difficult childhood and went through um, a lot of these kind of stages of uh, where she was bullied and went through her own personal struggles of like self-harm. And so we went through her whole like life story and really positioned this whole thing in a way that was inspiring and amazing. And we were able to connect all the dots of like, whoa, like everything that you've gone through, there's these themes, these common themes, you know what I mean? And suddenly it became this beautiful brand story that now she can take and pitch the media, right? And um, so part of it may just be the creativity behind it and, and really taking a look at the whole thing, right? Um, so that's necessary, in my opinion. So can I, um, can I stop you right there and just go back yeah. a little bit, pick at, uh, pick at this? This is very interesting. And um, I've heard this before, the strategy behind really going back um, and looking at your life as a timeline with the major events that happened and, and create a story that way. Um, and I agree, it's very interesting to hear the story. But for example, like your, the, the client that you worked with that had that, the childhood, the hard childhood, what is she doing now? How is she connecting the story, her childhood story, to what she's doing now? Yeah, so it has to connect, right? So she is doing um, personal development and mindset coaching for women. Mm -hmm. So women who would associate or resonate with that life of kind of struggle and looking at this, if you just took a snapshot of her past, you would be like, oh my God, I... I would never guess that she would end up here as a successful businesswoman who is in like the personal development slash um, mindset coaching, life life coaching space. So yeah. Very, very interesting. So for those of you listening, if you um, have been um, afraid to go all the way back into your life as, as far as childhood even, and as far as even like so many people are talking about like, I mean, when they're four years old, I mean, like this is, I mean, you can go way back. It's a, <laughs> how could I explain it? Like it took us like an hour, maybe even an hour and a half yeah. to kind of brain dump everything and then to organize what needs to be left on the cutting floor, so to speak, right? Like what do we just cut out and what's necessary for your brand story to work? Um, but yeah, to like continue on answering your question, because I don't want to get way off track, but you need the brand story and then you need to have clarity around where you want to be positioned. So as I was talking about my clarity in that I'm a marketing and business expert, I'm a thought leader in this space, I help women have courage and, and et cetera. Like when you know who you are, um, suddenly you know like the outlets you want to be positioned on the magazines, the right, like where would be a good fit 
And then um, the courage to reach out to people to attend events where there would be, you know, editors and producers and such. Um, So you got to get yourself out there and courageously that may be in person. You know, part of it was for me, part of the connections that I made through those magazine and TV features where people I met in person. Some of it was just emails that I had sent out that was like, Mm -hmm. hey, um, I've been featured here, here, and here, or this is my story. These are the themes that I like to talk about or teach about. Is there an opportunity? Do you think your readers would enjoy this sort of a thing? Right? So I think all of those elements require a a massive amount of, of the clarity and the courage to go out and ask for it. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, it's a, it's about getting yourself out there and not wait and sit around and wait for somebody to come. It's almost like it's a numbers game, kind of like sales. Um, True. True. So yeah. Susie, let's talk a little bit about your Sweet Freedom Academy. Now, when you were, you started coaching um, and you really have created that income for your family. And then I can only imagine there's so many people that want to work with you. You can't work with, you know, 15 people in one month. And so you decided to uh, go slightly passive and create this Sweet Freedom Academy. And Mm -hmm. before you tell us about what the Academy is, can you tell us um, why you created it and um, how it freed up your time um, to be home with, you know, to focus more on like passive streams? Yeah, absolutely. So beyond just the passive income element, which is wonderful, it's like about recording your knowledge, right? There's something so profound to be to be said for capturing all of what we know, the experiences, um, expertise that we have, and putting the camera on or hiring a video crew to come record all of this because it's powerful. Like when my daughter grows up, you know, she's only like four years old right now, four and a half. (laughs) Um, but she'll be able to log into these things and see like, Oh, this is what mommy did, or this is what she does. She teaches other people. Right. So taking it beyond this idea of just like passive income into like, no, this is my body of work. This is the legacy that I'm leaving behind. I'm teaching other people. And I don't take that lightly. Like I actually have goosebumps right now as I'm talking about it. The reason I don't take it lightly is because we really are changing people's lives. We have the ability and changing lives sounds vague. So I can tell you one of the first stories I got, I got an email back from somebody back when I was actually just selling some eBooks, um, off stay at home Susie from a woman who was like, um, sent me this email. Like she was a single mom. She had come across my website, was so inspired. She bought one of my eBooks, started her own web design company. And mind you, the dad of her daughter had left. So he just like up and and abandoned them completely. And because I know, right. And, um, because she was so inspired and started her own company, she wrote to me like, now I take care of my daughter and myself and we don't need help from anyone. Like she's completely financially set because she started that business, you know? So that's why I say I don't take it lightly. So capture your expertise, your knowledge, like put it together. Um, so yes, a large part of it was, I want to reach more people. I want to help more women. Um, not everyone can spend thousands of dollars on a coach or a consultant, right? They can't afford it or whatnot, or aren't yet ready to take that leap. You know, I wouldn't say, to be honest, I wasn't really ready either, but I was so 
like, I don't know if I want to say desperate or just like committed to this. Um, I needed to figure it out that I decided to fork over the money. Um, it was really scary for me. Um, but you know, there's different levels that people can play in the game. If they're slightly interested, they can buy trainings, they can watch the videos and learn. Um, so it's about all of that, right? Leaving the legacy, teaching what you know, um, and, and your reach is so much greater. If I just, for the last two years, um, worked with people one-on-one, I maybe could have helped, you know, what, 50 to 100 people. Because I have products and programs, I've helped over 500 people, mm-hmm. you know, and that's going to scale even more. It's, yeah. it's just a, it's an impact thing, right? Like how many people can you help? Oh, absolutely. I love, I love, love, love that. Uh, like how you not only change your own life, but you change the lives of others. Mm-hmm. And um, that is so powerful. Susie, our time has come to an end. We're going to wrap up in just a second. But cool. before we leave, I would like to ask you, what advice do you have for mom entrepreneurs in their businesses right now? Uh, what advice do I have? Um, a lot. <laughs> Where should we start? Um, really surround yourself with people who are operating at a level that you want to be. Uh, that was a big thing for me. I'm the only entrepreneur in my family. And if I had not began to reach out to coaches, mentors, uh, other people going to events and putting myself out there um, to only be surrounded by people who are in their day jobs or whatever, like, fine, they may be happy, but you have to realize that's not up-leveling you. You are going to be operating at a lower level thinking, oh, you know, it's normal to be operating here. When you grow out of that, you reach out to people who have million dollar businesses. And again, it's not just about the money, but who are impacting millions of people. Um, You begin to think bigger. So I would say surround yourself with, with people who are leaders who are doing big things and realize that you too are made for greatness. Um, Realize that there's going to be fumbles and failures like all the time that you're going to have these little dips and these little kind of trenches that you go through. Um, it's normal. It's okay. Like you're going to get out of it. Um, you know, you have to stay mentally and emotionally strong and continue working on that. Uh, I also think that if you focus on giving and serving and showing up, you will be happier. You will be more fulfilled. Like don't work in a silo. Don't be by yourself mm-hmm. all the time. It's it's lonely, it's isolating and depressing. So get out there, like do interviews, work with people, go to events, you know, like really that's what's going to light you up and, and help you step further and further. Um, that is so powerful. Susie, that is so powerful and I completely agree. Like I've gained so much clarity by meeting with people and talking with people, get to, getting to know them. And you know, how it's interesting, I, this came to mind. Um, whenever you share your dream with people, um, some people want to offer advice right away. And, and, you know, some people are like, Oh, I don't want advice. Uh, I never take advice, but this is really interesting because whenever I would get an unsolicited advice, you should do this. You should do that. Oh my gosh, I can see you do this. I love it, but you always have to take it and feel like, okay, does this connect with me? And it's so funny because when people say like, Oh my gosh, you should do this. I get automatic like rejection to that idea like I don't want to do that like that's not me and it's so funny because when I was doing social media management people were like oh my gosh you're like a social media guru and I'm like ah, ah 
no, please, no. So it's it's awesome. I love that, like you mentioned that because having being around people really grows you and gives you so much insight about you, yourself. So absolutely, Susie, you are amazing. I am so thankful that you uh, gave us your time and came on on the Mompreneur Show. I really, really appreciate you. You're so welcome, and you're amazing as well. Thank you so much for watching this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'd love for you to join us live next time every single Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. I'm your host, Vika Lashenko, and this is the show that features amazing stories of the most remarkable mompreneurs. I will see you next time.